it up for the fact that my sermon's going to be shorter than Joe's announcements. <laughs> my goodness, bro. <laughs> that was a lot. Uh, hey, who, who do we have in the room here tonight? I'm wondering, how many freshmen do we have? Okay. You guys are so quiet. All right. Uh, how about sophomores? Let me see. Sophomores. Good. Okay. Juniors. Juniors. And then seniors. All right. Great. And uh, then how many stragglers, like you're no longer in college, but you're just kind of hanging out at CSF? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, my name is Sean. Um, I'm one of the ministers at Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. My favorite cereal is Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Amen. Amen. That's right. The cereal is great. The milk after the cereal, I think, is even better. That is uh, nectar of the Lord. It is so, so delicious. As we get into tonight, I don't know what kind of day you have had. I've had a day. It's been a lot. It's been loaded with a lot of meetings, some decisions, (laughs) a sermon, (laughs) a couple of sermons. So what I want to do, if we could just take a few moments, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set a timer uh, just for one minute, and we can, yeah, just pause and, and be still for, for a minute. And if you're a praying person, pray, Lord, I give every one and everything to you. Um, surrender whatever might be burning your heart tonight. Uh, If you're not a praying person, if faith is kind of new to you and you're not really sure what you believe about any of this, um, God still wants to hear from you. And so just invite him. Lord, speak to me something tonight. If you are real, speak to me. And so let's just take a minute and sit in silence. My life is so filled with busyness and noise, and I imagine that yours is too, that the, the minute that we just had of silence felt so long that I checked my watch a couple of times to make sure that I actually started the timer. <laughs> um, I, I practice this thing quite often in prayer in those little moments uh, called palms up, palms down. And so I, I want to lead us in prayer right now, and if you will, just I think sometimes our physical posture can reflect our, our, our heart, our spiritual posture before the Lord, and so that's why sometimes we kneel, we, we raise our hands when we worship, um, but, but with our palms, um, palms down kind of represents, these are the things I'm surrendering to you, Lord, and then palms up, these are, these are the things I want to receive, and so if you would, I just want to open us up with prayer, and, and let's start with our palms down, 
And Father, with our, with our palms down tonight, we surrender the burdens, we surrender the cares, uh, the, the worries that we have brought in here with us. Lord, we, we surrender uh, the things that are keeping us up at night. We surrender our sin uh, that is, is keeping us separated from you, maybe even separated from others, the brokenness that we are adding into our life and to the lives of others. Lord, we surrender and we lay all of that down. We thank you, Father, that, that you have invited us to cast all of our anxieties on you because you care for us. And so, Lord, just symbolically with our hands, we are, we are laying these things down, casting them on you, and we are grateful, God, that you care for us. May we feel your tenderness and your care for us, your love for us, even in this place tonight. And Father, with palms up and open, we sit and stand in this posture of receiving. Lord, we want to receive what you would have for us tonight. God, we have not come to hear anything from me. I have nothing good in me, nothing good to say. Father, only your word that is truth, that is life, that speaks grace into us. And so, Father, may you, through the power of your spirit, speak your words to us tonight. Show us, Lord, reveal to us more about who you are, not who we think that you are, not who culture or society has told us that you are, but God, who you are, the God that you want us to know. And so, Lord, I just pray that our hearts, as, as Joe prayed, our hearts and our minds will be open and receptive, God, to what you want to speak to us us tonight. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So A.W. Tozer uh, was a pastor and theologian back in the, in the 20th century, and he wrote one of my favorite uh, devotions called The Pursuit of God. And he wrote another book um, about, the, about holiness and, and the knowledge of the holy. And in that book, he, he writes this statement that we have up here on the screen. He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God, is the most important thing about us. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Meaning more important than your major, than your gender, than your sexuality, than your family of origin. What comes into mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And while you think about that for a moment as whether or not it is true, let me throw something else at you. What we worship is what we become. Like the God that we worship, whether the big G God or the little G God, the God that we worship, that we submit ourselves to, surrender to, follow, that is the God that we will ultimately become. And so your understanding of who God is and what he is like, or if there is even a God, it is the most important thing to figure out. It shapes the person that you are, and it shapes the person that you are becoming. And because this is so important, God wants us to know who he is and what he's like. And so Jesus is the clearest picture of that. I mean, in Jesus, we see God in flesh. Uh, Hebrews 1.3 says that the Son is the radiance of God's glory in the exact representation of his being. And so when we read through the Gospels about the life of Jesus, we get the clearest image of who God is and what he is like through the life and, and ministry of Jesus. But as close second <laughs> in, in revealing what God is like is this verse that you all are studying this fall. Uh, when, when Ben and Joe told me that you all were spending several weeks going through Exodus 34, 6, and 7, like I got so excited. That is, that is such a powerful verse. 
Like when God wants his covenant people, Israel, to know who he is and what he's like, he, he says things like compassionate and, and, and glorious and slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. And he doesn't just say this once. I mean, we, we know that it's in this verse, and we're going to kind of come back to it and break down our part in just a little bit. So he says it, yes, here in these two verses. But, but did you know that this is the most quoted verse by Scripture in Scripture? This is the most quoted verse in Scripture by other writers of Scripture. They go back to this, and maybe not this whole thing, but they'll go back to bits and pieces of it and pull this out to use in the poems that they write in Psalms, to use about the character of who God is when, when his people are living in exile, reminding him, no, God is gracious and abundant in love and faithfulness. And so from beginning to end, this is the most quoted passage in Scripture. God really wants us to know these things about him. And when you read your word, and I hope, man, I hope that you are getting into scripture. I hope that you are opening it up. Like this is how we connect with the Father and we learn not just about him, but we, we grow in him and in our faith in him. And when you open up your word, what you will find over and over are the words in this passage that you all are studying at the beginning of this fall. So as we continue to study tonight, we are going to look at this word love, this, this word love. And the word used for love in this passage is the word um, chesed. I am not really good at Hebrew, but I know that when you say this word, um, you're not saying it right unless you're kind of afraid that something is going to come out of your throat while you're saying it. And so say that with me, all right? Ready? <clears throat> chesed. All right, turn to the person next to you. Try not to spit on them. Hesed. There we go. Nice. You got it. Clean yourself off. Yeah, wipe, wipe it off. COVID's coming back, right? So maybe we just like had a spreader event right here. Um, <laughs> so the Hebrew word hesed is such a fascinating word. We're going to spend like the entire night trying to understand this word. It, it means, and these are just like three things that it could mean. You look up the, the definition in the Hebrew dictionary, and it just like goes on and on and on about all the different things that hesed could mean. Love, generosity, enduring commitment. It is this idea of loving faithfulness that is proven over time. It is used to describe a person who is generous and who is loyal, who is gracious, who is in it to the end. It, it, it describes someone like my, my wife, Amber. Uh, we have been married for a little over 20 years now. We celebrated our 20th anniversary in uh, January. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I, I have done some dumb things in our marriage. <laughs> Dumb things. Uh, I have gone out of my way to try to mess it up in, in a variety of ways. So many ways that I can think of where I only thought about myself instead of her. Where I put my priorities and wants and needs in front of, of hers. I can think of emotional wounds that I have left in her heart. And yet 20 years later, plus years later, I think we would both say that our marriage is as strong as what it has ever been. And it's not because it was easy. In fact, I remember going off to a mission trip in 2007, 
where the conversation that we had the night before I left for two weeks in Mozambique, Africa was, yeah, when I get home, we'll have a conversation to see if we're going to still be married. Um, so it's come with some hard times. But my wife is full of hesed, love, generosity, enduring commitment. And our marriage is strong because of that. That is hesed. Hebrew scholar Daniel Block says the, the Hebrew hesed cannot be translated with one English word. This is a covenant term. Hang on to that because we're actually going to circle back around to that at the end. This is a covenant term wrapping up in itself all the positive attributes of God. And so there is not one word in the English language that can capture the depth and complexity of hesed. And so all throughout scripture, it is translated in a variety of different ways. It's the same Hebrew word, but it, there's multiple English words that try to capture it. And so tonight, I thought that we would play a little game. You guys are going to have trivia night afterwards. We're going to kick it off with a little trivia appetizer tonight. We are going to play a game called Spot the Chesed. Uh, I know. I mean, this is like exciting times on a Thursday night in college, right? This is peak entertainment for your Thursday night. So I'm going to read a verse, and then I want to see if you can spot the English word used for Hesed. So here's our, here's our first one, Isaiah 54.10. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. What do you think is the word Hesed? Unfailing love. Let's see. Yeah, good job, good job. All right, so we started with an easy one. Started with an easy one. Praise be to the Lord, Genesis 24, 7. Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness. Where's the word hesed? What do you think? You guys are close, close. Kindness, yes, it's kindness. Good. All right, number three, you are my strength. I sing praise to you. God are my fortress, my God on whom I can rely. Where do you think is Hesed? Ooh, my fortress. Anyone else? Strength. I hear strength. Answer is on whom I can rely. Interesting. Hang on to that because that's important. It's an important piece of this word that we are looking at tonight. And then finally, Jeremiah 2, 2. This is what the Lord says. I remember the devotion of your youth, how as a bride you loved me and followed me through the wilderness, through a land not sown. What do you think it is? The answer is devotion. Yep, that's it. Give yourselves a round of applause. Well done. Man. The best and the brightest at IU. Can I get an amen? Yeah. So when the English word doesn't do justice for a Hebrew word, one of the things that we can do is look at all the ways that this Hebrew word is used throughout Scripture and the ways that, that the English translators um, kind of help us understand what this word means. We, we see it in all of these different ways. And so hesed means unfailing love, kindness, one in whom we can rely, devotion. That is all hesed. So keep that in mind as we read our anchor verse for tonight. It says, And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. 
yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for their sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Whew, I'm glad I'm speaking on love. Man, who's the sucker that gets that last part? Is that you, Joe? No? Is that you, Ben? Your dad. Oh, way to go. Yeah, bring someone in from the outside so he can say it and then, and then book out. Actually, so listen, and I'm sure I know your dad will do a great job with this verse. That, that verse does not mean what you think that it means. So hang tight. Um, it's very easy for us to look at that and be like, I don't think I like that, God. Wait until you see what that verse actually means. It's, it's actually something that we probably all want. It's pretty beautiful. So I'm wondering, did you notice, let's leave this verse up, did you notice anything about our word hesed in here? Shout it, shout it out. There's a couple of things that, that kind of popped out to me. Did anybody notice anything about our word hesed? So one of the things that I've noticed is I look at these, these underlying words, descriptive words of God, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, I mean, all of those are like supporting words of hesed, right? But then also notice that our word is used twice. Abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands. And, and scripture was written in a time before, you know, there were highlighters and bold typeface. <laughs> and, and so when authors would want to make a point or when God would want to make a point, he would repeat himself. That's a way of saying, okay, make sure that you are tuning in to this. I mean, we see it there even at the first, the Lord, the Lord. He's using the same technique there. Uh, we see it throughout Scripture in other places. I think one of the reasons why the creation account is told in both Genesis 1 and 2, one as poetry, two as a narrative, is that God really wants us to understand that he is the creator and sustainer of all things. And so when he wants to make sure that we know who he is and what he is like, he repeats himself. And so he says, abounding in love, in hesed, and that he maintains love. He maintains that hesed. In other words, God's love overflows and perseveres. It doesn't run out. It just keeps on pouring over you. My dad and... Um, his girlfriend, I don't, it's, it's really weird. I'm at the stage, my mom and dad got a divorce back in 2012, and he's been dating this lady since then, and I don't know what to call her. It's weird, my dad is 69 years old, and it feels weird to say my dad and his girlfriend. That just doesn't really seem right. Uh, but I don't know what to say, and so it usually comes out as awkward as this. Uh, <laughs> There was the first time I ever introduced them, um, I didn't ever, I had never thought about what do I call her. And so I was like, yeah, this is my dad and his Susan. And like, that's what came out. This is his Susan. Um, so anyway, my dad and his lady friend, which I don't think is any better, <laughs> any better. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. Thank you, Angie. Um, they are at Niagara Falls right now. And he sent me a video a couple of days ago of this just incredible amount of water that is rushing over the, the cliffs of Niagara Falls. And so get this, there are 3,160 tons of water that flow over Niagara Falls every second. I can't even like capture how big that is. 757,000 gallons of water rushing over Niagara Falls every second. 
second after second, minute after minute, year after year. Abundant water that constantly flows and never runs out. That is God's abundant love for you. It is abundant and faithful. It never runs out. And there's another word that is sandwiched in between the two hesseds that I want to make sure we don't miss tonight. And you're going to talk a little bit more about it next week. And it's, it's the word faithfulness. The second word is emet, and it's translated faithfulness in our text. It's used 127 times in the Old Testament. 98 times it is translated true or truth. And so God is abounding and overflowing and never-ending in love, devotion, kindness, grace, and truth. He is true to himself. He is true to his promises. And these words come together in a way that helps us understand both of them. All right, I know it's late. I know we're tired. Are you guys still kind of with me? Kind of with me? Okay, awesome. Because... This is one of my favorite parts of this text. Do we have any literature majors in here? Okay, you got one. Stand strong. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm glad that there's not more. And maybe you can correct me afterwards. But there, the word for the, 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 these two words and how they come together, and I actually had to like break it down so that I knew how to pronounce it. Hendiatus. Does that sound familiar? Hendiatus. Yeah. No? Okay. All right. <laughs> Best and the brightest at IU. No, that's just kidding. <laughs> I had no idea what this word was until I, until I discovered this as I was studying this text. It is the expression of a single idea by two words connected with and. It is, it is like saying nice and warm, fat and happy, <laughs> cold and windy. Two words coming together to express the same idea. And in our verse, love and faithfulness are two words that come together to share the same idea. They give definition and depth to each other. And so the takeaway for us is this, God's love is his faithfulness and God's faithfulness is his love. In other words, God loves you and he shows you his love by being faithful to you. And God is faithful to you and he shows you his love by being faithful to you. This is God's loyal love. And here's the most amazing part of this. None of this depends on you. None of it depends on me. I sometimes feel like God won't be faithful to me if I don't love him or that he won't love me if I'm not faithful to him. But God's love is expressed to me in his faithfulness and his faithfulness is expressed to me in his love not because of me or because of what I've done, because that is the character of God. That is who God is. And I said earlier that hesed is a covenant word. We don't use that word covenant very often. It's a, it's a promise and kind of a legally binding commitment all in one. And, and God makes a, a, a commitment and a covenant to Abraham. It's a big deal. And Abraham, in Genesis 12 God promises that he will turn Abraham into a great nation. He promises to bless that nation and that that nation will be a blessing to the world. And then we get to Genesis 15. And in Genesis 15, there is this really weird um, 
ceremony, I guess, that takes place. God tells Abraham to gather up some animals to make a sacrifice, and so Abraham goes out and he gets like a bull and a ram and a goat and some birds, and, and he cuts them in half and he separates them. So they're like in two parallel lines. It's very odd. Um, but it was actually a, an ancient Near East practice called cutting the covenant. And so the two parties would cut the, covenant, uh, cut the animals in half, they'd lay them apart, and then they would walk through them. And, and the symbol was, if either one of us break this covenant, may, may it be to us what happened to these animals. Like, may our blood be shed. May we be cut in half if we break this oath that we are making to one another. And, and so God has Abraham set this rather bizarre scene, but here's where God goes off script. He, he has Abraham go into this deep sleep, And while he's out, Abraham sees a vision of God, and he's walking through these animals. God is walking through these animals, but Abraham is not with him. God is walking through all by himself. And don't miss what this means. By going through the cutting of the covenant alone, God is saying, Abraham, even if you and your children do not keep up your end of the bargain, I am still going to keep mine. And if blood needs to be shed for this covenant being broken, no matter who broke it, it will not be your blood. It will be mine. That is hesed. That is loyal love. And so fast forward thousands of years. And Jesus comes full of what? Do you know? Jesus comes full of grace and truth comes full of grace and truth. And that's our English translations of the Greek. The Hebrew translation for the Greek is Jesus comes full of hesed and emed, love and faithfulness. Jesus came to keep God's promise. When Abraham and his children failed, God was faithful. When Israel failed, God was faithful. When you and I fail, God is faithful, not because of us, but because that is his nature. He is abounding in love and faithfulness. Hesed and Emed, that is just who he is. He is filled with compassion and grace. Jesus was slow to anger and abounding in love And he took our faults and our failures and our sin to the cross. He allowed himself to be broken, his blood to be shed. He took the punishment that we deserve for breaking that covenant. And because of his death, burial, and resurrection, we can be saved. And so here's what I want you to know tonight as we kind of wrap up. God is love, even when we are unlovable and we don't love him back. God is faithful, even when we are unfaithful, and we go our own way. And so how will you respond to a love like that? God is love, even when we are unlovable and don't love him back. God is faithful, even when we are unfaithful and go our own way how will you respond to that kind of love? Put another way, where has God called you to show him hesed love? Is there a place in your life where you need to show God love, devotion, 
faithfulness over time, enduring commitment. What comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And so when you think of God, may Hesed be one of the first things that you think about. May, your, may you glory in God's love and generosity and enduring commitment to you. May you respond by offering back every part of your life to him in worship, showing him the hesed that he has so graciously showed you. And may you abound in love and faithfulness to others, just like the God that we worship. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love that abounds Thank you for your love that maintains through the years. Thank you that it pours out on us, rushes over us, and we do not deserve it, and we have not earned it. In fact, Lord, it is the exact opposite of that, and yet you give us this type of love and faithfulness because it's just who you are. And so, Lord, where our soul maybe is um, far from you, where maybe all that we can think about right now are all the reasons why you shouldn't love us or couldn't love us because of how we have been unfaithful to you, how we have broken our promises and this covenant and, Lord, this relationship. God, would you remind us that your love and faithfulness to us, it is not dependent on us and that you pour it out on us graciously through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that you came filled with hesed and amed. You came filled with, with grace and with truth. And that when we wandered, when we went astray, when we broke the promise and the covenant, you allowed your blood to be shed for us so that we could be forgiven and set free. We love you for that, Lord. And we want to give ourselves back to you in Hesed. In Jesus' name, amen.